it's six o'clock it's friday it's time for the happy hour the happiest hour of more than an hour of comedy here at mutinyradio.fm in sf i'm your host pam benjamin we've got a bunch of comedians we've got three actual people with souls in the building that means non-comedians here to laugh at people's jokes uh, they didn't know it but after doing comedy for three months your soul disappears so we have some new comics here tonight that are still real people. That's exciting. We have a really great show. We want you to clap and laugh. We're going to have a great time, especially with your first comedian. He's got to rush out because Best of SF is happening. He's super funny. He is one of the best of SF. Put your hands together for Dan Lewis. Yay! Yeah, we're doing it right. Yes! We're rocking. How's it going, guys? Just getting the night started. Got big plans tonight. Nothing. Just a comedy and a little more. This is the whole plan. You're in, you're in luck because this is this last five hours, so you're in good shape. You guys will be good. You have lots of fun there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you guys? What do you guys think of math? I don't know. People. People seem to dislike math, and in fact, and those people are like weirdly proud of not being good at math. You ever notice that? They'll be like, "Oh, don't make me do math." Well, I can't do math. I don't do that with other disciplines, you know? Nobody goes, oh, don't make me read. <laughs> I can't read. That'd be weird. Cool, working it out. Guys, I was on a walk uh, the other day, my neighborhood, and I saw some funny things. You see this in Berkeley sometimes. Uh, wild turkeys, I saw them at the, uh, the gas station. At the gas station. They were like, they were like the, you know, the kind of street tough version of turkeys, you know? They were probably bumming smokes and stuff like that at the gas station. It's just very interesting to me that wild turkeys are there. And then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, why are wild turkeys anywhere? Why, how in the world are wild turkeys making it this far, evolutionarily speaking? Like, this is a really dumb, flightless, big ball of meat. Like, how did it make it this far? I don't know. Maybe because, like, things like mountain lions, they don't like to... You know, they like to, a little bit of a challenge sometimes, you know. Maybe turkeys are like the, like the microwave dinners for mountain lions, you know. They're just like, you know what, I'm tired today. Let's just grab a couple turkeys, maybe go back to the cave, watch a little Netflix. I don't know. Uh, just a thought. Uh, same walk. I'm walking by the game shop. There's a game shop uh, near where I live. It's like board games and stuff. It's like card games, board games. And I saw in the front window display they had a board game. It was the, ver the board game version of Doom. Now, if you're not familiar with Doom, this is like an extremely violent video game. And I was like, that's, that's got to be a tough sell, say, for a 12-year-old right there. You know? Be like, you know what that awesome game, Doom, where you get to be a space pirate and you blow demons' heads off with a 12-gauge shotgun? Yeah, this is the board game version of Doom. The 19th century technology. That'd be like going to a college party being like, I got shrooms! The board game! I mean, you don't do shrooms, but you roll a seven, you're fucking peeking, man. What do you guys think of uh, hot three-way sex? You know, the board game? Fantastic. Ages nine and up. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I got a lot of problems. Uh, but it's nice once in a while when one problem cancels out another one, you know? Like, for instance, uh, my hypochondria recently was cured by my depression. Right? It's amazing how hypochondria can be cured by something so simple as wanting to die. It's kind of nice. 
Like I found a lump and I was in the shower and I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Like what if this turns out to be nothing? <laughs> then what? I don't know, man. That's the way it is with depression. Though. Sometimes you wake up and you're just like, uh, why even bother getting out of bed, you know? I'm just going to lay here. Hate my job. Fuck this. Life sucks. And I think about all those people out there like currently battling terminal illness, you know, and they would love to have one more work day, regular day back, like I'm about to have, you know. Tells you a little something about perspective, right? Like basically how easily these dying people lose perspective on real life, you know. They're so focused on this one thing, not dying, they totally lose track of how shitty and demoralizing the whole thing really is. That's dark. Let's not do that. <laughs> Oh, shit, I don't have anything short enough to finish with. Um. Yeah, I got some, uh, I am trying to date. I got some, uh, I'm trying to date responsibly. Got some condoms the other day. Got some magnums. Yeah, I got some mediums and some smalls, too. Uh, I Based on the size of the vagina myself. <laughs> That's dumb. Thinking about it. How to finish that. I don't know how to. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Dan Lewis, everyone. Yay. The clapping continues. Your next comedian. She's super funny and wonderful. Put your hands together, everybody, for Denise Lee. Woo. So I got dinner with a friend recently, uh, one of those friends who eats healthy. I asked if she wanted dessert, and she was like, do you know what sugar does to your body? Like, sugar can take years off your life and has no nutrition. And I was like, we just did cocaine in the bathroom. Okay, that was the palate cleanser. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, do you know what cocaine does to your body? I don't, but I don't think it's that nutritious either. Uh, feel like some people think that I don't really do drugs, which would be accurate, you know? Like, I just kind of watched my friend do a line of coke, like a sad-ass episode of Euphoria. I don't really do drugs. Uh, I'm a pretty boring person. Uh, I just don't like the person I become when I'm on drugs. Like, when I'm high, I'm just still a pretty boring person. You know, and eighty dollars short, so uh, that's that's not ideal. Like last time, last time and only time I did Molly, it just made me want to file my taxes <laughs> without using TurboTax. <laughs> you know, I was like, I can do anything. I got pen and paper. Screw technology. Uh, so for my day job, I work in tech uh, because I have no self-respect. And a lot of drama going on there. Uh, like last week, I got reported to HR. Yeah, for saying the word guys in a meeting. Like, what's up, guys? Because apparently that word is gendered and exclusionary. I'm doing my best now to be more gender neutral. Like now I'll go into meetings. I'll be like, what's up, assholes? Oh, just uh, everyone has one. Very gender neutral, the most gender neutral, very inclusive. Um, okay. Yes, because I take HR rules seriously. Sorry, I forgot that part. Okay. Uh, before, so I live in San Francisco now, uh, but I'm from Texas. And before I moved, I had this Texas friend who was like, I read in the news that a grizzly bear is on the loose after escaping the San Francisco Zoo. 
So I was doing some research, but I made the mistake of Googling bears in San Francisco and changing it to loose bears in San Francisco did not help my case at all. Uh, it just it just gave me a lot of results of like home repair video tutorials of plumbers. Uh, it was on Pornhub, you know, like uh, I don't know if you knew, but there are plumbers on Pornhub. They're not very certified. They usually don't get the job done. They get a job done, but you know, not the one that they originally came for. Um, yeah, Pornhub's, Pornhub's pretty dope, though. Like, uh, Pornhub's really great for finding uh, food delivery options and babysitting opportunities and occasionally relationship-building exercises with step-siblings. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, let's see. What else? What else? Last thing. Um... Oh, okay. So, uh, so I'm very bad at flirting. Uh, I'm very bad at flirting even over text. Like I've been talking to this guy and he texted me one night and he was like, I love doing it doggy style. What's your favorite position in bed? And I texted back fetal. Tried to amp it up a little bit more cause he didn't respond. And I was like, I'm doing it right now. And then he blocked me. Okay. Thank you. Denise Lee, I hope you had socks on. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, your next comedian. Excited to have him here. He's regular at the punchline. Clap your hands together for Ian Levy. Hey, hello. Oh, boy. Um,. I, uh, I, I, I feel I've, I learn most things through screwing up. That's how I learn. I just fuck things up and that's how I learn my lessons. Uh, and I have a new relationship. I'm dating someone new and I've been learning a lot. So, uh, it's going, it's, it's going, uh, I, I would find, uh, I, I haven't had that many relationships, honestly. And so I feel like even though I'm, I'm getting, I'm almost 30, and so it's time to start probably settling down, but it's I'm still making like rookie level mistakes. Uh, like the other day, I told uh, my girlfriend that she has a healthy appetite, uh, and I thought that was a compliment. Uh, I really did. I thought you want to be healthy. Uh, apparently not. Apparently, healthy is a bad word. I, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I you have a sickly appetite. I don't know what you're. I was like, the important. Th I'm not saying you're fat. And she was like, are you fat shaming? And I was like. You are fat? I don't know. What uh, what am I supposed to say here? I don't know what I don't I just don't want to I want to say nice things. That's all I know. It's a compliment, I think. Uh I don't know. I just I always I always seem to screw it up. I think we just have different ways of uh of communicating. Like she's told me before that uh well numerous people have told me before that I've dated. I think this isn't just her. It's a lot of people have told me that whenever there's a problem I jump straight to trying to fix the problem, and apparently that's a problem, uh, because uh, which is confusing because it's like I, I get it. I, I think the problem is I'm not hearing what you're saying, but also if we're not trying to fix the problem, what are we doing here? Like, I, am, am I? It's like if you're on fire, wouldn't you want me to put you out instead of being like, how do you feel about being on fire right now? Do you want to? Is that should we go to therapy so you can be like, is this hot or I don't know? Is the maybe, maybe that's just me? I'm just crazy. I don't know. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing wrong. Like the other day, uh, she she looked at me and she said, uh, what? 
And I went, what? And she said, what? And I was like, I don't, what's happening? What? And she was like, you, you look weird. And I was like, I look weird. That's my face. And I was like, how would you like me to look? And she was like, can you stop trying to fix the problem right now? And I'm like, well, what's, what's going on? I don't know what I'm doing. Something's wrong, but it's, uh, it's clearly I'm screwing up. I don't know. I mess up a lot. At another time where uh, recently I went out, I was with a friend hanging out and my buddy, he, uh, he suggested we should go to a strip club. Uh, and I'd never been to a strip club before. Right. It was a totally new experience for me. Uh, and I was like, Oh sure. And, uh, we, we get to the strip club and he, he kind of pitched like it was a spur of the moment thing. Like, well, it wouldn't be crazy. If we went to a strip club. Uh, and then we got there, uh, and everyone who worked there knew him on a first name basis. So I was like, I feel like you've been here before. Like this doesn't feel like a first time. And I honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. It was just an awkward experience. Like a, a woman who worked there, she came up and asked me if I would like a lap dance. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know. And then she went, uh, come on uh which is not it's less sexy than i thought it would be honestly i was like am i getting bullied into getting a dance right now what's happening and i i i'll be honest with you guys i buckle under peer pressure okay i can't handle it someone once handed me a, a, a cigarette out of public and i was like oh no thank you i don't smoke and they said uh smoke it uh and now i'm up to two packs a day so i don't even know what's going on i have no control over my own life uh so I got this dance from this woman, and I didn't really know what to say or do. I was just like, ooh, yummy, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to react. But uh, but I think she could tell I was uncomfortable because she looked at me, and at one point she just said, uh, what? And I was like, I don't know. It's my face. I've heard something's wrong with my face. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so sorry. As please. So now uh, me and uh, the stripper go to couples counseling. So it's like, okay. Um, that's all my time. I got to get out of here. Okay. Ian Levy, everyone. Hooray. <laughs> Just doesn't look like a strip club kind of guy. Uh, but your next comedian does. Clap your hands together for Pranav on Beale. Yay. Huh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have to actually like. Uh, I have to confess something, to you guys. Uh, I I don't like the Cubs. Like I found this at a thrift store, and I've just been wearing because it, it looks it looks great. Uh, I really like this uh, this jacket. Um, but then uh, nobody told me that fucking Bar on Dolores is a Chicago themed bar, and I have to go there every week for stand up. And uh, I didn't know this going into it. A guy asked me, "Oh, you like the Cubs?" And I went, "No, I just got this at a thrift store." And now I don't go back to the bar at Dolores. So that's not a joke. It just kind of sucks. I'm in a weird position right now. Anyway, I love MILFs. I love MILFs. It's in the knit. You kind of have to, right? They're not a MILF if you don't love them. But uh, sadly, as a young man, I think I'm playing the whole game wrong. Uh, you see, these MILFs, they have the pick of the litter. There's plenty of men who are taller than me, more handsome than me, make more money than me, funnier than me. Uh, and so, you know, th these MILFs get to do, like, whatever they want. Usually, it's not me. Uh, and so it feels like the odds are kind of stacked against me. Uh, and uh, that's when I realized that most men in my position, we're just, we're just playing this game wrong. We're not thinking about longevity. Uh, we're trying to get these MILFs at the peak of their MILFdom, where really, we should be treating this more like finances. So I started asking myself, what's my MILF retirement strategy? And so I did some development, crunched some numbers, and developed what I like to call the MILF IRA. 
You've heard of buy low, sell high, MILF IRA. Marry age appropriate, fuck MILF. Uh, <laughs> I've crunched the numbers on the ROM, return on MILF investment, the compounding interest, which is my interest in pounding till I come, and then dividends, which is just dividends. Uh, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend's not a huge fan of this joke, because uh, I take it a little bit too seriously. Uh, and I'm, I think she should be flattered, but she doesn't really think it's flattering when I keep excitedly saying, I still want to fuck your mom. That's good. She'll look good in the future. Uh, anyways, uh, I know what I'm really describing here is just like having a stable relationship with a person you find attractive and having sex with them for a while. Uh, but really, it's helped me recontextualize like life. Uh, I've stopped yearning for MILFs, mothers I'd like to fuck. and started going for age-appropriate girls I'd like to fuck. GILFs. I love GILFs. Anyway, since I started telling this joke, I've been booking a lot of shows at retirement homes. I don't know why yet. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm kind of uh, sick of the ancient Romans. I've just given up on them. I, well, they're not that cool. We, we, we really romanticize them in modern uh, like telling of history. They got cool buildings. They got like Julius Caesar and everything. But really, like they're not that interesting when you think of what they actually are, which is just, they're just Italians. Like, we still have them. Italians still exist, and they're not that cool. They, like, uh, A2 Brute doesn't have the same bite when it's A2 Brute. Italian numerals is a little lame. All roads lead to Italy. What is that, a fucking threat? Uh, anyways, a lot can change when you recontextualize history. Uh, for example, uh, I'm from South Carolina, and I just found out that uh, what we call the War of Northern Aggression, you guys call it the Civil War? Uh, <laughs> And yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, South Carolina started the Civil War. Uh, we initiated that shit and then blamed it on you guys. Uh, anyways, that's my time. I don't really have any more jokes out of this. Y'all have a good night. Keep your hands clapping for Pranav on Beale. Yay. No, I had it. I had a tag. I was gonna say something in between, but then I it fell out of my head. So I was like, uh, I just sort of. It was like that sound that your brain makes when you're doing a lot of nitrous, like when your when your brain cells are leaping dramatically from your ears. They're like, wow, 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 wow. I can turn up the I can turn up the the volume out there too if it's an issue. Your next comedian, I'm so excited. She looks amazing because she's going to a concert. But you oh you look like a you look like a Muppets gorgeous milf mother. Uh, put your hands together for Hillary Lannon. Yay! I, I think that's a compliment. Oh hello, hello. Is this working? Should I just keep? Oh there, I hear something now. Yeah, I, I almost didn't come tonight because I was like a little bit embarrassed about showing up in this outfit. So don't mind me. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to a concert after, after this. So um, anyway, I wanted to say that I've been cycling a lot. So all of my jokes are centered around bicycles. Um, and the thing about it is, so I've been sort of researching bicycles for this set. And do you guys know what a penny farthing is? Okay, so a penny farthing is basically for the one person who said no. They, not, I'm sorry, I wasn't singling you out. It's the bicycle that has like the really big wheel in the front and then the very tiny one. And it was basically the predecessor to the modern bicycle. And it's one of those things where basically 
I don't even know. They shouldn't call that a bicycle. They should really call it a unicycle with with a training wheel because that's basically what it is. But they they got rid of they basically fell out of fashion because of the fact that they're not very safe because if you fall off of one, you're falling like five feet off the ground. And so they called the modern bicycle um, the safety bike because it's, you know, you're a little bit more reasonable height elevation. But the thing about it is that that's pretty much the biggest like, like innovation in bicycles since like 1880. And Really, the biggest one that they've made since then is to take a um, bicycle seat, which whoever came up with that idea can go straight to hell because they basically like they're like, oh, they looked at a bird beak and they're like, let's stick that on a on a stick and like uh, shove it up against our taint. That's going to be a comfortable way to a comfortable mode of transportation. So what they've done, though, is they've decided to um, make it more comfortable for riding, especially long distances, is to cut a slit into the bicycle seat. Um, it, it's supposedly supposed to relieve the, the pressure against your soft tissue and your genitals. And so the thing about it is that I think that it's in theory, it sounds like a good idea, but in reality, it doesn't do jack shit. Because the only way that's actually going to help is if I could... I would have to bicycle naked, basically, and take my labia and stick it. Like, I'd have to organize all my bits and bobs down there and, like, stick it through the, the thing in order for it to actually provide any relief, right? And then I was thinking about, how does this help men, right? I don't, I'm not an expert on balls, but I'm pretty sure, like, if a vagina goes this way, then balls go this way. And I imagine, like, and all the seat cutouts are the same. They're, like, this vertical cutout. So I feel like for for scrotum to really get relief it would have to be <laughs> have you ever seen that game where you stick the plastic piece in your mouth and you have to talk do any of you guys know what i'm referring to like that's what the cutout would have to be so it's basically like this <laughs> so that's the only way that it would actually i know that's great on a audio uh, format but anyway so <laughs> so basically it's one of those things where it's not i don't i think it's a total scam I mean, that's that's all it is, is a scam. It doesn't do jack shit. And the other thing about it is because of the fact that you're fully clothed when you're bicycling, unless you're a Burning Man. Um, the thing is, is that it doesn't, you're wearing a giant gel pad underneath you. And for me, this is not gonna necessarily work because right now, because I, of the way that I'm dressed. But when I'm in my bicycle gear, I basically look like a dude. I look like I already look like a dude a little bit because most Asians fall like they're very gender neutral. You could kind of, depending on the accessories you put on them, they can go boy or girl. And so right now I'm clearly in the girl format. But like I have a friend, a very good friend who's, she's gorgeous. And she everybody thinks that she's either a stripper or a Disney princess. And um, and they think that I work in tech. That's this ha has actually happened. And basically, they said, um, like, this is me trying. And I, like, I certainly don't look like a stripper or a Disney princess. But maybe I should just let it go. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> Thanks, Pam, as always. <laughs> stripper princess yay hillary land and everyone i came up because i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do my my set now yay yay me hi hi pam benjamin uh they say to dress for the job you want uh and i clearly want to be drugs <laughs> um am i giving off the right vibe is this a drug vibe like 
I'm like, I'm a witch. <laughs> See, that's a thing. Dress for the job you want. I'm already a witch, so I, don't, I can wear anything I want. <laughs> no, actually, um, dress for the job I want. I want to be an extra in the background of Euphoria. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, well, that where they give the extra ketamine to the extras, right? Is that how that works? I could be in a teenage background. I, I like a Monet. I look really good from far away. <laughs> And then you get up close and you're like, blah, dots and slashes. <laughs> what is holding this image together? Ketamine, I think, is the answer. No, I can't afford that. Uh, but that's how I know I'm still a cute girl. If I go to a party and someone offers me ketamine, I'm like, I still got it. I feel hot for the first time in my life at 47, you know? because I'm going through menopause. <laughs> I'm having, I'm going to give you the memo. Hot flashes are insane. Nobody told me. No one told me. <laughs> I know. And then I get crazy. I have one line in my notebook. It says, be likable. No menopause jokes. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about it. <laughs> it's true. Not even my cats. They're like, shut up already. Cats? Yeah. Bow to your alien overlords with one paw. I love my cats so much. I love my cat. Uh, I'm a crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I want to take my cat and I want to shave him. And then I, I want to knit a sweater out of his fur. And then I want to make him wear it. Because I'm crazy! No, I fucking love my cat so much. I've been cat calling. Yeah, because that's when your cat, you're like, baby kitty, come here. And it ignores you. <laughs> baby, baby kitty, get over here. And shows me his butthole, and I'm like, you are asking for it. And I go over and pick him up without consent, and turn him into a baby, and kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> it's cat calling. <laughs> Cats don't like it either. Did you know that? They don't. It's crazy. I was walking down 20th Street over here, and uh, I don't know if it's cat calling or complimenting. A gentleman called me a puta cabra. A puta cabra. You've heard of a chupacabra, probably. Yeah. A chupacabra is a goat eater. Uh, a putacabra is a goat whore, <laughs> which is an amazing metal band from Louisiana, Goat Whore. I don't know if you've heard of them. Check them out on Spotify. They're really good, <laughs> Goat Whore. Uh, but they, he could have meant like goat, like the greatest of all time. Oh, it's a compliment. Que pasa en tus pantalones? Una fiesta en mis pantalones a todos vienen. <laughs> Putacabra. Mm. I've had to start dating young Latinos. Well, I'm tired of young white guys calling me mommy. <laughs> it's, it's annoying. You're so young and beautiful. I have abortions older than you. That's true. That's absolutely true. And this one over here, you've been living a long time to look 22. Ah, uh, see, that's not a cat call. That's a compliment. Gotta take it. All right, we're gonna keep moving the show. I've been Pam Benjamin. Thanks for laughing at my jokes. Uh, thank you, you're laughing, clapping, and that's so great. And your next comedian, his beard gets more and more unruly every time. It's just gorgeous. It's like he's getting my Jesus fetish. Uh, just, just like, just pinging me right in the cockles of my heart. Put your hands together, everybody, for Hunter Uniac. Keep it going, Pam Benjamin. I mean, mommy. I am not homeless. I want to get that out of the way. I live with my parents. It's different, all right? I'm joking. I live by myself. This is why I look this way, all right? Roommates, 
will tell you, get your shit together. All right, when I live by myself, I look at myself in the mirror and go, have another bottle of Jameson. You guys just judged me on that, didn't you? I saw that. that like, you guys both have that same uh, white girl smile that I get like after like midway through every single first date, you know? I'm riffing. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Yeah, I work for my father. And um, it's weird for my father. You know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of overtime recently, or as I call them, chores. You know? It's weird, though. Um, I says, well, it's just weird. Like, you know, everybody, like, what do you guys do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? Tech. I love how you had to look at each other like, do we work at the same place? <laughs> do you guys work at the same place? No. Then why the fuck you look at each other? <laughs> you met on Bumble? Who messaged you first? Because it's supposed to be the woman message first on Bumble, right? Oh. We're sorting this out right now. All right, who messaged you first? Who likes each other, per, other person more? And uh, whose idea it was to come to an open mic comedy show first? Because that's, all right, you like her less. You like her less because you do decide, let's go to an open mic. All right, that's funny. <laughs> hey, do you guys think Hulk Hogan looks like Thor if he was on bath salts? Yeah, cool, this is going great. I, um, it's weird, though. Been working a lot. I'll do this. I'll, do this, I'll tell you a story. Um, when I was nine, are you checking your messages right now on Bumble? <laughs> Just <laughs> all right. You're just texting another date. <laughs> but um, as you can tell, I, I'm a fuck up. All right. And um, when I was 19 years old, my buddy Tavi texted me. He said, like, Hunter, I'm going to get your weed card today. All right. Because I was 19 didn't have a weed card as a Raging Stoner. And I was like, fuck it. He was like, Hunter, you got to get your weed card. We're going to meet at Dolores Park at 9 a.m. And I'm going to get your weed card. We're going to drink. It's going to be a great day. And I was like, fuck it. I, I'm a workaholic. I'm going to show up at 7 with a bottle of Jameson. And I'm going to be there. You better be there. He shows up at 9. I'm midway through the bottle of Jameson. All right. We get to the weed doctor. I'm so drunk. I try to high-five the receptionist behind the counter. All right. I get in there. I answer all the questions. I'm sitting with the doctor. And it wasn't until like, I'm sitting down actually talking to the doctor that I realize I'm in fucking rehab right now. Yeah, you know how like, the doctor's asking, doctor asking me questions like, um, what drugs are you, are you addicted to, sir? Weed and alcohol. They're the best. Anything else you like? Cocaine. Is that an option? Are you telling me the weed card to give me is specifically designed for chopping up lines? Steven, I fucking love you. That's the doctor's name. All right. It's crazy. Like, once it all happened, like, I realized, like, oh, I'm fucked up. I fucked up. All right. So then I, I look at the doctor. I grab my phone. And the doctor goes, no phones allowed. So he took away my phone. And then I yelled out, Javi, we need to get the fuck out of here. And I ran out. And before I ran out, I high-fived the receptionist behind the counter again. That's the same exact noise she made when I high-fived her behind the counter again. Uh, point is, my name is still in rehab. All right, this has not gone well. But you know what? I'm gonna—I've been working this joke for like a year. It never goes well, but once it works out, it'll be fucking hilarious. And when that happens, I'll go back to rehab. That's my time, Hunter Uniac. Hunter Uniac, everyone! Don't make him go to rehab. He won't go, go, go. Your next comedian—he's from far away. Put your hands together for Kyle Kimber. Thank you, Pam. Thank you for letting me do this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I see online one time that someone got punched by a homeless guy on this stage? Yes. That is a real thing that happened. It wasn't you, was it? Okay, I was going to say, I like the beard. You look like Dan Bilzerian. You guys know Dan Bilzerian, that guy? That's not an insult. I mean, he's like a good-looking guy, so who? What's going on? Who am I looking at? Oh, are you Dan Bilzerian? 
You are? Okay. I could tell by the way that you said that very timidly you're not Dan Belzerian. You don't seem like a guy who's like lighting $10,000 on fire and like, you know, fucking models on a yacht. No offense. <sighs> That's my crowd work. So yeah, I'm actually visiting from out of town. I uh, just got here. From what I can tell, everyone's favorite hobbies in the Bay Area are hiking and paying rent. Those are <laughs> not a lot of homeowners in here. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, paying rent. That's always great. I think hiking's the other favorite one because, you know, you bring your girl or your guy or whomever on the hike with you and you go, look, honey, this is us. <laughs> if we don't pay rent, <laughs> get used to it. Oh, the birds are nice. Weather's good. Um, yeah, I'm actually from North Carolina. Are, are you from North Carolina? No. It is a place. It is a place. It's where the 99% live. All right. Yeah, I'm from North Carolina. I'm actually South Korean, so <sighs> South Korean grew up in North Carolina. It's very confusing. Thank God I'm not North Korean and grew up in South Carolina, because then I'd be all emaciated and want to fuck my cousin. Ooh? <laughs> Does someone go, ooh? Is that like a, ooh, like, mm, or like a, oh, this is a little rough on the South Carolinians. I know there was a guy over here from South Carolina um, earlier. Very nice. He seemed very nice. Um, yeah, but I moved out here for the opportunities. I'm trying to get hit by a Tesla. So that's good. Uh, also, I noticed some out here. There's a lot of Asian shit out here in California, you know? A lot of Asian got, like, sushi. You. In L.A., we have stores that only sell anime stuff. You see, where I'm from, Annie Mae is just some girl we all know. Thank you. I, uh... Yeah, we got a lot of soul food in the South. We call it soul food because if you eat it, you go to heaven quicker. You know? That's... Butteriness is next to godliness. You know what I mean? So, um, you two met on Bumble? That's cool. I'm going to dedicate the rest of my set to you two. This is very interesting. So are y'all like, you know, like on a date? Or is this y'all known each other for a minute? You're like, you just look at each other like the other person's the attorney and you don't know who's the attorney. This is like BFF Bumble. Okay, that's cool. That means I got a minute, right? Oh, strap in. Okay, so y'all haven't done, I mean, like, I don't want to like probe. That's very rude, but like... No, okay, that's cool. I wasn't, okay, that's awesome. That's cool. I mean, that's cool. I like, I like it when people can take it slow, you know, in a relationship. It's very cool, whether it's friendly or not. Uh, I'm trying very hard to, um, I actually came up here to visit someone, and she wants nothing to do with me at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like really sad because we were like great over the phone and then I know this is not even a joke I don't need, can someone help me really quick. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, I would like a hug. Thank you everybody. That's my time. My name's Kyle Kimber. Keep it going for your next comic. Thank you Pam for letting me on Yay, Kyle Oh, that was sweet. He's so lonely Um, He's gonna there's a lot of it's weed is legal here you're gonna be fine your next comedian oh he's just such a wonderful help and last week he went to support at the valencia thing art corridor and then he got a set and he's so lovely put your hands together everybody for josh kotsky
I had an entire bag of those like Trader Joe's brand Cheetos on the way over here, so I'm just gonna try and not shit myself while I'm up here. Uh, I, I'm trying to be a better person, so I've been doing a lot more like volunteer work. Uh, I started working with this company that donates novelty salmon hats uh, to women with alopecia, locks for love. Uh, I work uh, I work with Dare Junior, which is an amazing group. Uh, we find people five to 15 years old who are battling horrible diseases and we tell them to just say no to drugs. Uh, to date, we've actually saved over 10,000 diseases from overdosing. Yeah, that's fine. Doesn't have to work. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, sorry, those are stupid jokes. I. I, I did start working with Make-A-Wish like five, six years ago. Um, there was this little kid, Timmy, who had one of those diseases that you can't even pronounce. And all he wanted to do before he died was go to Disneyland. And so I was like, you know what? Let's, let's help make this kid's uh, wish come true. Donate a couple hundred bucks. And he was able to spend a weekend at Disneyland. And he said it, it was the best part of his life, which I mean, at that point, it wasn't saying much. But you know, it was fine. Uh, and I don't know, I, I haven't thought about him much um, except for a couple weeks ago, Make-A-Wish actually emailed me and they, they said, you know, Timmy's actually doing fine, he's happy, he's healthy, he's starting high school. And as soon as I heard that, I called up Make-A-Wish and I demanded my money back. Because that, that's false advertising. Like, I'm donating to, to dying, all right, this isn't going well. Uh, <laughs> Why are you guys also pro kids with cancer, okay? I prefer when they don't have cancer. You guys are the ones who are being weird. Um, all right, let's do other stuff. How do you guys feel about Nazis? Are you pro or against? I, I hate Nazis. I especially hate neo-Nazis. It's like, we get it. The Matrix was a great movie. But to devote your entire organization to neo, it just seems like a lot. It's weird to me that we call them Nazis because that's like a nickname. Like their full name is like the National Socialist German Workers Party. And we just decided we're gonna give them like a fun little nickname. Like they're on our baseball team. We're like, hey, great game, Mikey. Johnny, Nazi. All right, let's hit the showers, boys. Keep that rascal Nazi away from the knobs though, huh? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's weird to me too, cause like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna shit myself because the cheese and also because of this. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's weird to me too because like, it, the term Nazi comes from like the, the German word which is like Nazi-le-Socialiste. So we give them a German nickname with Nazi. That word in English is just national. Yeah, you can go ahead, Pam. <laughs> that word in English is just national. So we shouldn't be calling them Nazis. We should be calling them natties which of course would make neo-Nazis natty lights. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see how, see how much they can recruit after that. And then all, if, if we want to get rid of them, all we have to do is get some frat boys, you know, get them to kill some natty lights. It's what they're made for. <laughs> all right, this has been weird, but thank you very much for your time. Get those frat boys to kill those natty lights. We're gonna shotgun them. We're gonna shotgun those natty lights. Man, I used to be able to shotgun so hard. I, that was one of my claims to fame. I thought it was so cool. Do you, ladies, you know how to shotgun? You know, you put the keyhole in the butt. Yeah! No, at a party. I like this crowd. Uh, keep your excitement going for your next comedian. A JD! Yay! <laughs>
Howdy, y'all. My name's AJ. I'm from the South. South of India, that is. Yeah. Talk like this down there. And I didn't, I don't think none, none of y'all knew that we talked like this down there, did you? Yeah, I mean, this. <laughs> you must have met some fake South Indians, lady. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm the South Indian up here. You, you best check yourself. I'm going to stop doing the accent now. It's getting borderline offensive. We're fans of that border, but this is stepping over that line. I feel what I'm saying. Okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I have no openers. That's honestly, that's like I, I don't know how to open. I genuinely like who fuck knows. I shouldn't, shouldn't do that again. It was fun though. Whatever. Uh, my name's Ajay. I've been I've been watching a lot of Netflix. This by the way, this is all new material. So like you're gonna see all the shitty parts of me. So that's fun. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Netflix recently. I like nature documentaries. Um, and there's like this one documentary about like animals, right? Uh, and there's a specific like episode about bears, right? And like I love bears, but I don't really like pandas personally, right? Like I, I feel like most useless bear, right? All the other bears are kind of cute. Like black bears are cute, brown bears are pretty smart, but like pandas, dumb as fuck. Just not, just just putting that out there, okay? Their diet, I learned, I learned that their diet's 99% bamboo, 99%, 99, right? You guys know what the last one percent is? You guys know? No, no, nobody. Turns out it's just jizz. It's just jizz. It's it's just straight jizz, right? That's the reason that they're not reproducing, by the way. Yeah, they apparently they're not antisocial. They're just finishing in the wrong hole. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's kind of fucked up that the Chinese government is trying to like get them to repopulate. Like, why? Like, Japanese people are literally becoming extinct. Like, one one door down, and like Chinese government's like, nah, we gotta save the fucking zebra bears. Nobody gives a fuck about Japanese people. Come on, man. All right, you gotta work on that. That was stupid as fuck. Uh, I'm Indian. Like I said at the beginning of the set, I'm South Indian. No, I'm not gonna do it again. Uh, I, I am Indian. Um, I, I noticed recently, like talking to my Indian uncles, that they're a lot like young white women, like in in a specific way, right? Like, cause this whole POC thing has made me realize that. Cause if Indian uncles basically like once you're here, it, all that matters is that you're brown, right? Like they don't really give a shit if you're like Turkish or Israeli or whatever. You're, like if you're brown, you're brown, and that's just yeah, right. You're just brown with a different attitude, basically. Yeah, yeah, like like Greeks are just like yogurt-based Indians, right? And like Filipinos are just Chinese Indians. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, Pakistanis are like traitorous Indians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, I actually did get back, I just recently got back from an audition for a remake of a new movie. Like, it's a, it's a remake of Lord of the Rings, but with just South Asian people, right? It's, like, exactly the same story, by the way. It's, it's, it's basically just Indians and Pakistanis coming together, you know, like, traveling to Mount Doom, you know, Dubai. Yeah, yeah, it's just a story about them trying to, like, get a passport for their cousin to come back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of y'all got that, but she's been to South India, so she's lying. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay, I'm, I'm culturally sensitive. I've been to South India. I didn't know that they all did Lord of the Rings down there, traveling to fucking golf and shit. Yeah, okay, I, I don't know why I got so heated there. Yeah, that's weird, that's a weird ending. Whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't really need to change the fucking story, right? But you wouldn't even need to change the names either, because, like, Lord Saruman, Sheikh, Sauron, those, those are some, those sound like oil rig names, if you if you catch my drift. Yeah. This set took a real, this, it was a weird turn. This is a strange turn. 
You really threw me off because you told hey, we're in South India. I'm gonna use like five, last 15 seconds for this. So basically all around where my parents are from. It's like, okay, we're gonna avoid the south southernmost tip of India. Fuck that shit right there. Yeah. Alright. So I'm not roasting you, I'm just I'm just it's cool that you've been you're well traveled. <laughs> Alright, lady, you can chill with the accent. Alright. You guys have been fun. Have a nice night. A JD, everyone. Hooray. Alright, keep your hands clapping for your next comedian, everybody. Trevor Sherman. Yay. Hi. Trusty Shred, my name's Trevor, but most of my friends just call me a cunt. Just give me a minute, you'll see what I mean. I just came from therapy. Is anyone else here emotionally damaged? Yeah, what's your cause? Yeah, well, you are valid and you are loved, unlike me. <laughs> see, my issue is with penises, particularly the pieces of shit they're attached to. Being gay in San Francisco is not easy. Let's just be real. I know it's surprising to say, but trying to find a boyfriend out here has been like a straight man's quest for the clitoris. You know? Like, the only thing that will scare a gay man more than AIDS is commitment. You know? Like, I just tried to date this guy. Let me know if I took this too far. He broke things off with me, so as any comedian would do, I wrote a joke about it. So I posted on my Instagram, I said, this guy came and watched me do comedy, and he said afterwards, I too would like to be a comedian. But he's not that funny, but still I think it's good for him because he's a total joke. And so he got all offended, blocked me, and so what do we do when that happens? We gaslight him. You know, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know you're so sensitive. And so, yeah, my friends are always like, Trevor, the reason you can't find a boyfriend is because you're so negative. And I'm like, joke's on you. I just got my STD test back. Super positive. <laughs> God. It's a weird time we're living in, you guys. Like, we'll literally lick each other's genitals, but complain that our mimosa tastes strange. You know, it's just, it's bizarre. And then we're surprised when we get STDs. Like us gays have collectively had so many STDs that we started with Z-Packs and now we're halfway through the rest of the alphabet. You know, it's so ridiculous, let's see. And it's because our idea of going to the spa is going to a gay bathhouse. You know, like, when I first moved here, I have to confess, I went to the one in Berkeley. It was during COVID, so I had to show my vaccination card and wear a mask the whole time. I'm like, okay, wrong virus to worry about, you know? So ridiculous. I don't know. If it isn't clear already, I am just so tired of people, you know? I went to Subway the other day. This woman, I asked for a meatball marinara. She takes out the bread, puts marinara sauce on it, and just looks at me like she's done. No meatballs. And I'm like, okay, if I wanted Italian full of sauce, I would have just gone on grinder. You know? So much easier. So ridiculous. Let's see. Thank you. It's the sound I make when I'm about to climax. Um... No, but the problem is, is that no one cares about intelligence anymore, you know? Like, no one's having a wet dream because they saw my master's degree. 
You know, it's it's ridiculous. And it's nothing new either. Like, the kids I grew up with, stupid. Like, if the Supreme Court justices saw them, they would never question abortion again. You know? Just live and learn. Here's the thing, though. Like, if you cannot pass high school chemistry, there is no hope for you. You know, like a meth cooker is able to change the chemical composition of Sudafed, and you're telling me you don't know what a fucking proton is? <sighs> so sad. Anyhow, my name's Trevor. I gotta go to a sperm bank because I'm hungry. <laughs> so have a good night. Trevor Sherman, sapiosexual, cares about your brain. All right. Oop. All right. Your next comedian. Uh, I like to. <laughs> I'm not going to call him the name I usually call him. <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really, really funny and he's a really lovely human being. Put your hands together for Connor Lonsdale. Yay. Thank you, Pam. She usually calls me the Jizz Master. But if he's going to get dinner at a sperm bank, I guess I got to seed the title. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys uh, hear me peeing in there just now when I came in? You all heard it? I tried to pee as hard as I could so you guys would think my dick's bigger than it is. Did it work? <laughs> you guys see the Tinder Swindler? You watch that shit? You haven't seen it? Oh, it's this documentary It's this on Netflix. It's about this, this fucking asshole piece of shit guy. He fucking tricks these women, he gets their money, he uses the money from one woman to get more money from this asshole piece of shit. I thought of a better name for that doc documentary. It could have been called The Dumbest Women on Earth. <laughs> you wanna hear about the hardest I ever laughed? I was scrolling through the channels and I saw that there exists a show called Killing Bigfoot. <laughs> Killing these fucking assholes. They want to kill Bigfoot. It did not disappoint. It's my favorite show of all time. <laughs> it follows the GCBRO, the Gulf Coast Bigfoot Research Organization. That's right, Gulf Coast. Because when you want to kill Bigfoot, you don't look in the vast dense rainforest of the Pacific North Northwest. No, that's for those fucking gay pussies that want to find Bigfoot. When you want to kill Bigfoot, you look in Texas, where you're legally allowed to carry the ammunition that you need to take them down. My favorite is in episode three. <laughs> this is in the actual episode description. The gang runs into former teammate turned rival, Dr. Webb Centel, and he is des described as a neuropsychologist and Bigfoot no-kill advocate. <laughs> Needless to say, they did not, they had quite the disagreement. He has a different approach. He wants to find Bigfoot by offering food and playing the flute. So we've created this bizarre situation where the most reasonable person on screen wants to play the flute for Bigfoot. It's a masterpiece. I just love the confidence on those guys, you know? Like, for 10 years, there's a show called Finding Bigfoot. 
They did not find him once. These fucking assholes think not only are they going to find him, but they're going to be able to kill him. That'd be like if I made a show called Making My Girlfriend Come. (laughs) I assume that's the noise she would make when she comes. We'll never know. (laughs) I like Wendy's. I love Wendy's because it seems like they're actively antagonizing their customer base. They started serving breakfast. And the new slogan is, Wendy's, get the breakfast you deserve. It's like you can just hear it in the way he said it. Like they cut off the end where he's like, get the breakfast you deserve, you piece of shit. You fat fuck. You fucking bitch. Retard fag. And they're like, all right, cut. (laughs) Cut. That's a wrap. We'll just use the first part of that. (laughs) Everyone go home. (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. My name's Connor. Connor Lonsdale, everyone. Comic stylings. Very funny. Your next comedian, uh, another stalwart member of the Mutiny Radio crew. Put your hands together for Anthony Mitchell. Yay! Hello. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Anthony. Uh, I'm currently going through a quarter-life crisis right now, and basically what that means is instead of, like, taking care of my mental health and, you know, taking care of myself, I just decide to grow this mustache instead of (laughs) focusing on my personality. He gets it. Uh, And I don't like that term. Uh, It kind of scares me, honestly, because if this is what pedophiles are looking like nowadays, there's got to be some lucky, lucky kids out there. I mean, I just know I wouldn't be complaining if I was tickled by the hairs of something this beautiful. Someone, uh, someone else told me that my, uh, my mustache makes me look like I'm an undercover gay cop. And I'm not sure if that means I look like a cop who's repressing the fact that he wants to have sex with men, or I look like a gay person who goes around and beats up, and I go around beating up homeless people on BART, but I just won't tell anyone about it. Uh, which one do you think I look like more? Both? Both? Okay, I'll work on that, thank you. Uh, I like to talk about my physical attributes a lot. My left arm is a little smaller than my right. It's actually because I had a stroke, uh, a stroke of bad luck. Uh, No, but seriously, it was a hemorrhagic stroke. It was quite sad and unfortunate. And I really want to put together like a group, uh, like a support group for other people with disabilities. Uh, We can like get together, hang out, talk about Life experiences. Uh, I was trying to come up with a name for this group. Uh, Unfortunately, Crips was already culturally appropriated from us. So I kept thinking, and I'm like, uh, how about the strokes? It's like, no. Two on the nose, already taken. How about Limp Biscuit? Taken. So I've come up with a few new ones. Hopefully, you guys can give me some suggestions. We can, like, workboard this together. Uh, How about uh, Lincoln Parkinson's? What about uh, radio head trauma or system of a Down syndrome? Does anyone have a favorite? What's your favorite? The last one, system of a Down syndrome. That was my favorite too. Uh, you know, being disabled, it's not terrible. It sucks, but it's not too bad. I actually dated a woman who like her main fetish was guys with disabilities. And thank you. <laughs> 
And uh, before me, she dated uh, a guy in a wheelchair, a deaf guy, and a blind guy. And like the guy in the wheelchair, there's no competition. I was better in the bedroom, obviously. But the deaf guy, I mean, that guy could go for hours. She kept saying, no, no, please stop. But he just wouldn't listen. But the uh, the guy in the wheel, or sorry, the blind guy, that to me was just the saddest because, like, how do you break up with someone who can't see? That's got to be such a difficult conversation to have, right? And she was like, no, no, it was actually pretty easy. I left him. And I was like, no, I understood. Like, I assumed you, like, broke up with him. She was like, no, no, no. I left him. We went to the mall. I said I was going to the bathroom. I went home. She said, oh, I tried to text him, but for some reason, he just wasn't looking at his phone. Um, basically, oh, so about this girl, like, while we were dating, my best friend was like, dude, you shouldn't be dating her. It's really weird. You shouldn't be, like, with someone who may, whose main attraction to you is your disability. I'm like, how selfish do you think I am? This woman clearly has special needs, and coincidentally, I also have special needs. All right. That's my time. Thank you. Donate to Mutiny. Anthony Mitchell. He's especially funny. Yay. All right. I'm really excited for your next comedian. Uh, she's been out of the works for a while, and she's back in. Clap your hands together for Amy Bebo. Give it up for fucking Pam Benjamin in the house, holding this fucking place together through the fucking pandemic. Pam Benjamin, I love you very much. I would call the outfit, my first thought was 70s foster mom, but I really liked just drugs, you know? You know, I like the psychedelic robe. Um, I spend a lot of time in pajamas these days. I really leaned into the working from home thing. Uh, a miracle happened for me. Uh, about three and a half years ago when I also got a job in tech. Oh, it was an amazing feat of perseverance. Um, I came to San Francisco in about 2016 with my, uh, I had like a 1978 Volkswagen hippie bus. I was fresh from a season of uh, trimming weed back when you could, it was one of the last good seasons of trimming weed. You guys will never know it. You used to make money, does anyone remember? Trimming weed? It was a thing. It was a thing for a while, but it died. It died with the, um, you know, the, the weed prices, the legalization. You know, the, 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 the people are struggling all over, be it the pandemic. I can empathize with a lot of the people today. This guy came out here, didn't work out. I have a dude who left like three years ago, and I'm still talking to him, probably because we haven't seen each other again and been disappointed, you know? Um, yeah. I was wondering where I was earlier too, um, those, those Nazi jokes, you know, I was like, is this an ayahuasca ceremony? Where's my bucket? I'm about to throw up. <laughs> I really could feel it in my body, like, does someone have a bucket? Um, spent a lot of time with the buckets over the last 11 years. I know ayahuasca kind of got trendy. It's, it's been all through like the realms. Has anybody drank any ayahuasca in this crew? Still, no, no. <laughs> it's a good time, um, but I won't drag you into it. I, I, um, I, I made some notes because I haven't been out doing comedy for a while, so that's why I have my phone. But plus, I also can't put it down anymore, like ever since, I don't know, it's ever since it came into my life, you know, it's just <laughs> scrolling, working on your phone. Working on your phone is great, is it not? Like, I mean, you guys work in tech, right? Working from home? 
Yeah, and so sometimes you can just work from your phone, right? You're not at home. <laughs> you're a grocery shop and you're at Target. You know, you are not working from home. You are texting your boss in a chat while driving, <laughs> you know, and like probably shouldn't be because maybe, you know, it's not the best timing. Um, I've witnessed people get into HR drama uh, when I've had this tech company job and like I could feel it like really that's the kind of thing that would come for me because you know for like 15 years I was self-employed ro roaming around the earth like just you know self-employed I didn't have fucking HR anybody else been in trouble with HR AJ <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just fucking with you man <laughs> okay I'm just teasing you <laughs> uh, or maybe the pedophilia joke guy <laughs> with the rape jokes. <laughs> I don't know. I was excited to follow that up. I was like, oh, yay. Um, sometimes when you're in a, in a car with someone, it can feel like they're telling you a story and it starts to get non-consensual, like with the details. You know, does anyone have like someone like that in their life, like their mom or their sister? Um, my sister's like that. Um, I went and did her a big favor watching her uh, four children and three dogs for 12 days. And yeah, she regaled me on the drive-in with like ridiculously long stories about people in soccer and moms and whatever. And you know, I was like, <laughs> I just had like 12 hours of traveling, man. I don't fucking care. Um, you know, and then like the, the ride back was just fighting over the music, you know? Um, so that was a lot of fun. Anybody love their family? Family trauma? Yeah. <laughs> family, man. I mean, I love some of them. Wrap it up. I wasn't sure how much time I had, but I got the wrap it up signal. All right. Well, you guys, I love you very much. I love the guy who came from North Carolina. Pam Benjamin, you're a goddess. Thank you. Amy Beeble. She's back on the scene. All right. Your next comedian. Uh, another funny guy. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Martin Lobato. Thank you. This is my safe place. I come here after culturally appropriating all day in the office, get to act like a goon, acting wide all days. I mean, acting a professional all day gets tiring. It's been a good week, though. Um, I'd like to formally thank Will Smith for making us forget the gas prices for the last week, and those memes that have been coming out are pretty fucking fire. Got some notes on that. Yeah, he's the hero we need at this point in time because, as I said for last week, we forgot the gas prices are fucking high. I'm sitting at the gas station just laughing at memes as I swipe. The real tragedy in that situation is for white people because they lost one of their brothers they used to look up to. Now they're just like, oh, my God. I didn't know he was like that. One of those. <laughs> but what do you think Chris Walkwood said about that whole thing backstage? There's two types of black people. There's black people, and then there's Will Smith. <laughs> Yeah, man. Took a trip recently, ate a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, man. And I was actually tripping out on a chihuahua the other day. I was looking at this and like, man, that thing came from a bloodline of wolves, and he doesn't know it. He thinks he's a wolf, but he's not a fucking wolf. Crazy. And then I thought about humans. So I was like, humans are kind of like that, especially like male feminists, because they came from a line of Vikings, most likely, and then now they're like pugs, all cuddly and cute and shit. Anyway, that's all I got. Thank you, folks. Martin Lobato, everyone. Your 
our next comedian. He's also new to the room. Clap your hands in a wild slappy like motion for Michael Montavo. How you guys doing? I got called Dan Bazarian today, so I'm kind of fucking upset. How you guys doing? What's today? April April 1st, right? It is my birthday. It is my birthday today, yeah. And it's true. You know, a lot of people, it's hard to have April 1st as your birthday. No, no one believes you. No, I got no happy birthdays today besides, like, my mother. Like, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, I used to have a Tickle Me Elmo when I was a kid. A Tickle Me Elmo. And a lot of people assume that you also want to be tickled. It's just, it's just that. It's that you, they see it, right? I'm tickling the Tickle Elmo. He's, he's going, he's going insane, right? I'm just like, ah. And then my, uh, uh my family members are like, no, Tickle Train. I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You, you tickle that. He's legit asking for it. He's saying like, tickle me. I'm not doing that. Please don't do that. I love Tickle Me Elmo. That shit was awesome. Um, I'm also dyslexic. Dyslexic? Whatever, you know, you know. I don't have to explain it, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, uh, that, it comes with uh, some challenges. Um, it comes with uh, confusion with words and letters. Um, confusion with numbers, um, and pre-ejaculation. Pre-ejaculation is one of the symptoms. You know that, my wife knows that. So we just gonna keep it like that. You all know that. Please, you know that. Um, when I was a kid, I used to mispronounce words all the time. All the time. We had, when I was a kid, we had these, uh, these disc cleaner, you know? You, you look like a look like a CD player. You put the CD in, you put it in, and you and you polish it like that, like that. And I was like, Ma, I didn't say that. I was like, Mommy, uh, do you happen to have the dicks cleaner? She was like, What? I was like, The dicks cleaner for my dicks. My my dicks are dirty and stained. She was like. Ooh. Your dicks? I was like, yes, my dicks. She was like, uh, uh, what happened? I was like, the, the dog, man. I think the dog got to them when I was probably sleeping. And, and she was like, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what's the problem. Just give me the dish cleaner so I can clean my dicks. I like that she didn't even like question that I had multiple genitals. She just, she just thought I had multiple dicks, and she was like, ah. She came to my room, and she was like, what do you want? And I'm just sitting there with my CD in my hand. I need this cleaned. She was like, I just fuck it, call it a CD then. She becomes really English when she gets mad. And thank you, that's so much distracting. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was a funny story that you just heard. <laughs> Um, I used to, uh, now I know what to do when people tickle me. After that tickle me Elmo finesse what happened. I know now. I just, right, you didn't tickle me. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> All right, stop. Stop, 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 I'm serious, I'm serious, I'm serious, I'm serious, stop it. I'm serious. What the fuck did you do to me? Oh my God. I'm, a, I'm about to shit my pants. I'm a, you know, and the conclusion is that 
you have to shit your pants. I know it's hard. You just have to shit your pants. I shit my pants at the San Francisco airport a couple months ago because I didn't want to go to Florida for the holidays. It wasn't on purpose, but I still shit my pants. Um, that's my time. My name is Michael Montavo. Thank you, Pam. Michael Montavo. I like to be tickled. It's kind of a fetish, but I definitely don't want to pee while I'm doing it. All right, your next comedian, a funny lady. Clap your hands together for Sydney McIntyre. Hi, you guys. Have I met any of you? I know I've met some of you, but there's some new faces. Hi. Just wanted to introduce myself. Um, I've, I'm doing a show after this, and I apologize to those of you that, I've heard, that have heard this uh, story, okay, because I've said this story many times. But uh, I want to give you a little introduction into myself. I am a wild person, okay? I was a wild party girl back in the day. And, uh, you know, I was traveling solo. I went to Oahu. It was really fun. It was great and spicy. And I'm at dinner, and come on in. I'm at dinner and you know it's still broad daylight, right? It's a respectable time of the day. There's kids out. I'm talking to these two guys. You know they were kind of douchey but hot. One of them just kind of bends over and gives me a full bite on my leg, like full teeth marks. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm so down. And then we had a threesome. Yeah, it was great. It was a great moment. You know, my life was just going upwardly mobile. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, I'm still on this trip. I make friends with random people. And these people that I've never met in my entire life, I'm like kind of telling them like what I was experiencing on the trip. And they're like, hey, maybe you should like simmer it down with your sex life. Yeah. And that's kind of when, you know, you just kind of hit rock bottom. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, they might as well just be saying like, hey, you should probably go talk to someone, you know, and address your promiscuity. Uh, so then here's the pivot into the next part of the story, okay? So, like, I didn't heed their advice, right? And I'm just like, oh, brushing them off, brushing off what people say. So then I show up with pink eye at one day, right? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no biggie. So I go to the doctor's office. Like, I get pink eye a lot, whatever, okay? Let's go knock this out. I get in there. And the nurse takes like one fell swoop at me and she's like, while you're in here, we're going to give you a full panel STD test because you seem like a big hussy. <laughs> and uh, we usually never do this, but we're going to test your throat for chlamydia because you really seem like you can deep throat some hard cock. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so then she comes back the next day, just like with fear in her eyes. And she's like, you do have chlamydia in your throat. I'm like, oh, that's fun. It's a fun little moment. And she's like, but no worries. It doesn't affect your throat and you can't transfer it to someone else. So we're just gonna like, you know, cut you loose. And then I, you know, the next day I get in to get my eye drops for my eye because I still have this pink eye, right? And uh, I'm in there in the doctor's office, and she's like, hey, so you have chlamydia in your eye. <laughs> Thanks, Pam. <laughs> Good timing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, no way. I have it in my throat. <laughs> so here I am just with chlamydia in my eye and my throat, 
And she's like, hey, also no worries. We're not going to treat your eye because chlamydia doesn't affect your eye. <laughs> We're going to give you some eye drops and you'll be on your way. So then here I am just like a week later, just fucking riddled with chlamydia, like it's evident. Get a call from Kaiser Permanente. They're like, hello, Sydney McIntyre. You do have chlamydia in your pussy. Yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. So point is, I got chlamydia in three orifices. Uh-huh. And I got treated. And um, so I'm just looking for the person to give me uh, ass chlamydia in my fourth orifice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You'll never see me again. Thank you. Sydney McIntyre, everybody, proving that chlamydia is not a flower. It is not a flower. All right. Couple comedians left. These audience members are holding fast. We only have a couple comedians left. You're amazing. Your next comedian, he's funny, he's new to the scene. Put it together for Deep Job. Hey, everyone. Friday night, finally, I was done with my work. On my way over here, actually, my Uber driver told me that my Uber rating is really low. And I was just giving all of those motherfuckers five stars. I'm going to stop doing that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I have been sober for 11 years now. From sex. <laughs> da dating as a brown guy is tough. And <clears throat> it doesn't help if your zodiac sign is incel. If you go to a club over here, you can easily see the dating hierarchy, like hot white guys are with hot white women, white guys with bad game, someone like you, sir, are, are with Asians, and brown guys are just waiting for the girls to make a mistake. True story, in my school, like the boys just to get closer to the act of sex, were using condoms and just masturbating in them. And to me, using a condom to masturbate is like using a plan B after using a dildo. <laughs> One guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, recently I finally managed to get a nice white girl. A girl I can love, feel and touch. You guys want to know how? I went to a temple, sir. A temple where all problems get solved. Christians go to Jerusalem, Muslims go to Mecca. I went to a strip club. There I'm getting all the love I want. But it cost me some money. Uh, yeah, and also like a lot of white people ask me, why are Indian weddings so long? And I'm like, why not? Uh, it's a moment of great happiness. Two souls are coming together and a brown guy will finally have sex. You guys are laughing right now, but this would be the first time on Valentine's Day he'll buy a gift for a girl and not a watch for his left hand. <laughs> Did you just sigh at that joke? <laughs> like, were you feeling bad? <laughs> or like you were bored? Uh, <laughs> oh, don't be. We, we have found our temples. It's fine. We are working through it. Yeah, your weddings are short, but they are also very weird. 
like everyone says here the wedding is all about the bride but i disagree with that uh everyone at the party knows who is the best man but the girl is not marrying him he is marrying some other guy and like why do you guys have a rehearsal dinner don't you do you forget to eat before marriage you don't know how to use a fork and knife yeah that was my time for today thanks everyone hooray for deep um this nice person sitting right here are you with the glasses on your head are you are you just an audience member or are you looking to go up you're just a wow <laughs> Clap it up for all the audience members tonight. This has been great. We still have one comedian left. His name is Dan Britton, and he's on his way. He texted me and was like, I'm 10 minutes away, and that was 10 minutes ago. And he's giving me um, a ride to my next place, so it's um, that's, a, that's a thing. So uh, I will do a couple more jokes and try to entertain you until he gets here. Yay! Seriously, how did you hear about this? That's, I know that's the only way I publicize it. I don't put it anywhere. It's the one show that I don't put it on Fun Cheap. I don't put it anywhere. I just put it out for the neighbors because we used to do it during COVID. We were outside. COVID was crazy, right? Are you addicted to anything, either of you? You're addicted to your phone. Like, you have to look at it. Okay, I'm addicted to stage time. So when the when the pandemic happened and they're like, you can't perform anymore, I was the fuck, I'm not gonna. So I bought these little thingies over here, these little mini battery powered PAs, and I would stand outside of Trader Joe's at the top of California Street with one of these, and I was telling jokes. I learned how to do clean material because I couldn't. No, it was it's because I'm addi I'm addicted. It's like it's like worse than. I went like this, like, like marijuana is addictive. Just your phone, not like you're not addicted to anything else? Probably. Nothing too crazy. Wait, sugar, sugar, coffee. Yeah, but your phone. All right. They made me get a smartphone. And you know what? I hate my fucking phone. And you know why? Because it's not just ageist. It's also misogynistic, okay? I'm old. I'm 47. I can't see my fucking phone anyway. People are like, hey, did you want to look? I'm like, I can't see that. I can't see. When you get old, your eyes just stop working. And so I, I can't see a goddamn thing. And so, and I, you try to use that little, oh, let's use the touchscreen technology. I'm going to push the tight, my sausage fingers and the buttons. I was wasting time for you. I'll tell them why my phone is misogynistic because I'm having hot flashes in the morning and I pick up my phone and it's like, bu -bu 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 -bu, I'm too hot to use the touch screen. Do you understand that it's, this is absolute truth? None of the women in menopause will tell you this is truth. You're so hot during a hot flash, you cannot use your phone. So you can't, not only can you not see anything on the goddamn tiny computer, you can't also, you can't do it. It's just, I feel helpless. You're... <laughs> <laughs> get the memo girls it's awful i hope okay uh your last comedian your last comedian of the night he's amazing thank you all for holding together for him clap your hands together for dan Britton. Yay! you guys are awesome what's going on i tell you if my dick ever got as hard as parking in this neighborhood i'd be in a relationship by now I know what y'all are thinking, and yes, I am aware. I look very good right now. 
Almost good enough to go out to the marina, wouldn't you say? <laughs> marina chicks are pretty easy to pick up. Instead of fruits and berries, all you gotta have is like a Netflix subscription and a quarter ounce of Coke. And they're like, oh my God, long-term commitment, hello. One time I was out in the marina with some buddies. I met another guy. I said, what do you do, man? He goes, I'm in real estate. I say, who do you work for? He goes, strippers and cocaine. I was like, what? He goes, oh, I thought you asked me what I work for. I said, no, who do you work for? Oh, oh, Coldwell Banker. <laughs> so just know whenever you hire somebody to sell your house, that's the kind of guy who's <laughs> doing that work. What's your name? Renee, you're wearing a beautiful, beautiful, whatever the fuck that is, okay. <laughs> I have that same sweatshirt. Stop stealing my style, bro. You stole my beard. I don't have those shoes. You wore those better than I did. Yeah, I only wear this for work. It's hard to walk around in the suit in San Francisco and not get feces somewhere on you. <laughs> Just like law of gravity, you know. Last night I was doing a show with uh, Ian Langlands and he and I walked, clap it up for Ian Langlands. Yay! He and I walked out of the place as we were getting out of there, there was a guy holding a big, uh, handful of tinfoil and I think that he's going to have methamphetamine or crack in it he opens it up and it's sliced pepperoncinis <laughs> and he's like hey you guys want one of these and as he had described it it was like he had just discovered what pepperoncinis were and was like trying to spread the word to all humanity like bros try these <laughs> little yellow goblets of juice which are spicy but sweet but spicy I recently got into pickles. Clap it up for pickles. <laughs> yeah, pickles aren't that applause worthy. She's like, I disagree. No, I love pickles. I don't know. No. You were pickles have a special place in my heart. Pickles are one of the, the rare things that you can stick in salt and they become better. Like if I'm going nowhere with this joke, but anyway. So how about baseball, everybody? <laughs> happy baseball season, or as it's known in my house, happy Girl Scout cookie season, everybody. Hello. Hi. You're not a Girl Scout, are you? Yes. You are? Yes. Whoever's. Whoever is writing the nutritional facts on your boxes of cookies is messing with me. Because they'll say it's 100 calories, but then each serving is one half of a cookie. I don't just eat one half of a cookie. I know, that's, that's exactly where I was going with this. It's okay. Hey, what's your favorite? Miss, miss up there, can you hear me all the way up there? <laughs> Hello. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? <laughs> I like those too. <laughs> I'm killing with this audience. <laughs> Wait, come back. She was the best audience member I've ever had, and now she's gone. Oh, gosh. I got to start playing preschools, man. <laughs> oh man 
The other day I was reading the Bible and, uh, shut up. <laughs> the other day I was reading the Bible and, uh, in the Bible, they repeat the same phrase a thousand times. They're like, avoid the temptations, avoid the temptations. And I was just thinking, what could ancient Jews have had against Motown? So I just uh, graduated from college a few years ago, and I remember when I first got to college, we had a four, uh, rather it was a two-day-long orientation the first weekend that we got there, which was swiftly followed by four years of disorientation. And that's the last joke I'm going to tell this evening. Woo! Give it up for yourselves. You guys are an amazing audience. Thank you for Yay. waiting for me. Yay! Give it up for Pam Benjamin. Good night, everybody. Yay. Keep it going for Dan Britton and all the comedians you saw today. It's a big long list. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But I really appreciate you all being here. If you ever want to give Mutiny Radio money, it's on Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Or you can always just give me cash. I like that too. Or you don't have to. That's great. Comedians, I really appreciate all of you. If you want more stage time, head over to the bar in Dolores. We are having a show over there at 8 o'clock. And comedians who show up, I'm going to give you guys time after the booked comics go up. Thank you so much, um, all our people with souls. And we'll be back next week at 6 o'clock here on Mutiny Radio. on a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking, quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government and its personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two.
You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I was just leaving the theater. And I started to do some thinking. Flat black plastic. I am a freeway. Hannibal Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we gotta serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Thank you. 
Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff? Talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year, enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how are already dead. A shadowy group of killers for hire is eliminating world leaders, crime lords, and CIA agents. Inexplicably, the deceased contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive, contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it? on Amazon. 
wrote this song. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with Mike Spiegelman on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And I got to tell you, it's Lawathla Mott. Mott. Mott, right. I don't, I'm don't. i really bad at pronouncing, pronouncing words, so it's Lawathla <laughs> Yeah. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we are very excited. We uh, watch a full-length movie with you, uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our podcast name feed and our Twitter handle and our YouTube channel. And we are always heard first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Why don't you go to Venmo, send money to at MutinyRadio, make uh, Pam Benjamin, our station manager, happy. Uh, and us happy. That's our only advertisement. What movie are we watching today? Uh, today, we are actually watching a quality movie. It is called Death Proof 2007. It's Quentin Tarantino. So you put in Death Space ah. Proof 2007 in your YouTube search engine. We like the channel I... No, it's L-O-M-I-N-E-F-E. Lom in... <laughs> yeah. L-O-M-I-N-E-F-E. Click on that link, press pause, slide it back to zero, 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 and buffer. Death proof, 2000. Okay, we have a special countdown uh, from the Countdown King himself, who is not here with us, so we have his replacement, a robot. Will you please give it up for the Paul Brumbot? Bru uh, yes, not a robot, a Brumbot. Another day in the hood. Here we go, folks. You know the drill. Get your finger over that little triangle, and in three... Two, one, go. This this uh, opening I, I love. Uh, fuck the Roaring Lion. This is really cool because here's the Dimension film straight out of the 90s. Yes. And Dimension used to do shitty movies in the 70s. Here we go. Best music ever. Well, Dimension Pictures was in the 70s, and Dimension Films is today. And they're not connected except for the name Dimension. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I know that, that the dimension of the 90s. Now, this is cool, this little cartoon. Like, so far, so good. It doesn't look like a shitty movie at all. I just wanted to dimension you... this. Yeah. Sorry, I, I have dementia. Did you uh, ever see a movie intro like this before where a, it's different lions showing different types of movies? Like, you know, Panther's Restricted Lion? No. Uh... Listen, I got to tell you, the first time I ever bumped into this movie ever was you telling me about it, but huh. I thought it was legit. Okay, now the original, the original title comes up for two seconds. Oh, first some feet. Yeah. Fuck you, Tarantino, you foot fetish. <laughs> God damn it. They are cute, though. They look like little candies. No, Mike, don't resist. Here you go. Yeah. Thunderbolt. Right. That was the original title 
and it got switched yeah. to death proof but it's kind of a joke because a lot of grindhouse films would be released under a name they would get killed in the critics and they'd quickly rename themselves now what was our one of our favorite ones is the one that goes uh what was it like the the one about the asset like baby baby bring me down oh, by the way mary um, louise and then Zoe, yeah uh, you know anyway. angel angel down we go yeah cult of the dam call to the dam after manson kind of kicked yeah so here is a photo of feet and human feet lady feet so we've seen three sets of feet so far and right. this movie can't wait to smoke pot <laughs> so god bless pot will be all so over. I think yeah and this is sally Mankey's last film i think she she died she was a um tarantino's editor for the first couple of films and she really made kill bill like Oh, you know, oh. bearable because she had a real pacing. She fell asleep in her car. Uh, she would used to walk up in the hills and fell asleep in her car and just got heat is up and died of heat or something. Something really tragic like that. Oh, okay. I, it was kind of sad because I just think she's good. So you'll notice his other films, like Glorious Bastards, this the first without her as an editor. Oh, look at this. Oh. Even the fucking silver, the four sets of feet, right? The other poster had feet on it. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is a Tarantino film, and that means feet. And who we're seeing up in the part? Okay, that is Cheryl Ladd's daughter right there, the daughter of Cheryl oh, Ladd. No Look who's got a pee. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Hard oh, wait, is she wearing flip flops? So that. Did you see? Ah, it? I figured it'd be. Yeah. Hey, look, that's uh, six pairs of feet we've seen if we include two movie posters. This is Austin, Texas. Oh, well, it told you itself. Okay, that's the daughter of Sidney Poitier, and that's the daughter of Cheryl Lamb. Sidney Poitier's daughter is named Sidney Poitier, right? Sidney. 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 Okay, all right. Did you do that to your poor children? (laughs) They're all like variations of Carl. (laughs) No. Yeah, right. My, my, My wife would not permit that. I did want to name my kid Carl. Carl Jr.? I, Carl Jr., luckily I didn't. Luckily she <laughs> had good sense. Yeah. Yeah, because we're a jack-in-the-box people here. Uh, so here we go. We kick it off, and now this is fantastic. This is what women sound like, is my complaint. This movie, uh, I saw it in the theater, Carl. I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. You didn't, and uh, she, she's drinking something called the Kunda Brothers, and that is a reference to the original theatrical release. Uh-huh. This, of course, was a notorious release called Grindhouse, yeah. where Clint Tarantino and director Robert Regas has two full-length movies back-to-back, like as right. if it was a 1970s-something feature at a Grindhouse. And in between the movies, they had an ad for Acuna Brothers uh, food and taqueria. And that's and then the, this movie kicks off, and they're eating, they're using the props, they're drinking yeah. from the drink uh, right there. Boys, I guess, Acuna Boys. And so you can go to YouTube. Uh, talk about red apple cigarettes. There's lots of Tarantino yeah, stuff cool. in here. Yeah, but their reference, they make a lot of references to, to the first movie and to the trailers. So the fact that they had an advertisement for this food, and then you watch this beginning of the second movie, and there they are eating the food is kind of cool. Yeah. And fucking billboards. There's so many billboards in this goddamn oh, feet. Seven feet. <laughs> Seven shots of feet. I'm going to feet count. No, but the thing is, Sydney is on the billboard, and that's the big deal. Every time they pass the billboard, they're cheering. 
because she's right. Her so, name is. So she's a radio DJ named uh, Jungle Julia. Is that racist? Um. Yes. I uh, guess. Yes, it is. If you call an African American anything with jungle, that is calling back to an ignorant time in which Africans were from Africa, you know? So yeah, that's racism. Okay, yeah, I just just want to agree. So, but that's her character's name and these billboards say it. There's a lot of billboards in this movie, especially in the extended cut, they had a, uh, a movie poster, a billboard called Potheads, which, you know, what's the rush? We still have an hour before we get to that scene. <laughs> we'll see Potheads. We'll see that in this film. Yeah, the theatrical release for both of them uh, had edits in it. Like, you can see the scratchy film right now. Like, you know, it's, it's paying homage to going to the theater. And in fact, when I saw this in the Metreon, it started off with Robert Rodriguez's film, Project Terror. And right. it was scratchy and it was cut, and I heard the baby crying. And I thought, this is like a real, true grindhouse experience. Why up a woman brought a baby, a real baby, to the theater? So <laughs> there was an actual baby there. Well, heads were getting exploded. That baby cried throughout the film. Um... Now, when I, this film was on purpose damaged, like the scratches were not like computer generated scratches. They were actual, you know, Quentin Tarantino oh. or whomever took a paper clip and scratched. See, Grindhouse wow. should go from theater to theater to theater to theater, literally tour the country, and they would get in pretty beat up shape. And that's what he was trying to do. They make a lot of acknowledgments. Like one of the things is that if some woman takes her top off, the projectionist will cut that scene out. And they do some jokes like that. And I think in the first movie where the woman takes her clothes off and the scene gets cut or like it's super faded, you know, because, uh, but yeah, like if you were a projectionist who liked to relieve himself at home, you could cut those scenes out and make your own projector reel, <laughs> like a sizzle reel. <laughs> <laughs> Never even thought so, that. This movie, <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is like a dream for me because it's, if you've seen the movie, which chances are you have, it's basically the same story told twice. And that to me feels like a dream, especially like how the first story, the first one never ends, you know, yeah. and then ends in the way it does. The, the Grindhouse movie will show you a trailer, a fake trailer to a fake movie that will never come out. And you go, well, how is this grounded? I mean, talk about a dream. You're seeing a trailer to a movie that doesn't exist. Right. As a, you know, so. But also, uh, the first fake trailer was for Machete, and uh, he actually, Robert Rodriguez actually made the movie and made a sequel, and they promised the third one, Machete Kills Again in Space. So, uh, so yeah, it's one, one of the trailers that's going to be a trailer, and then he decided, you know what, I'm making it? Yeah. And then at the end, he teases a sequel and then a third movie, and the second movie sets it up, another kind of dreamlike film. Because it just goes, and then it ends with him going off in space, fighting Mel Gibson wearing a mask. Oh, there's another trailer. Oh, yeah, just the cut. Okay, there's Kurt Russell following behind them. Now, I don't know enough about cars to let you know which one it is, but his cars are a, a 70 Nova, Chevy Nova, and a 69 uh, Challenger. Uh. Now, we keep seeing her... Uh, by the way, she's straight out of Brooklyn, and you can tell from her accent. Her name is Vanessa Ferlito, and we would know her from CSI New York, the television show. 
like currently, like in the last uh, eight years? No, it was 2004. You know, there's all these CSI shows, and I guess that was her claim to fame. She's done this movie, a bunch of 2007 movies, and then that CSI series. Now, what's interesting to me is her first son was born September 21, 2007, so she is not a mother, as we're watching her here. She's about to get pregnant by her husband. And we know wow, it, she it's... doesn't. <laughs> I never, you know what? This is a fresh take on this Quentin Tarantino classic. Yeah. Now I know I can review this movie knowing uh, that. It changes the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, because he's boozing. We, now, they're giving a really long boring you know, setup. No. Now, first off, this is Austin, Texas, where, and we saw that movie house, the, the play, whatever it's called. You know, the Alamo Playhouse or whatever right. it's called? Draft House. And, of course, Tarantino during the 90s and, and the aughts would show movies there. And he, so near the that movie theater in this film is a bar where Tarantino's the bartender. And look at the fucking design. It's all Italian movie posters. Yep. And there's not real something life. like that with a magazine rack, too. It's like all Quentin Tarantino oh. kind of things. Now, I want you to know that That's DJ uh, Jungle Julia here is telling that she described um, Vanessa, her name's Arlene in the film. She described right. Vanessa to her audience and said, if somebody comes up to her and says this poem, then she has to give him a laugh dance. The first guy to do it, she has to give him a lap dance. So that's what we're learning. So her friend, and she's pretending to be a guy. So this is the first time one of these women speaks like a guy. In a she screen. is I'm pretending to be a guy, yeah. <laughs> so the guy writing a screenplay about a woman pretending to be a guy who sounds like a guy pretending to be a guy now I saw um, him on Conan doing an interview about this movie and Tarantino was bragging about how well he does uh, female dialogue because he hangs out with the guys he's talking guys but sometimes he hangs out with like three or four girls and if it goes on for hours they kind of forget that he's there you know but I got to tell you, I'm listening to this dialogue and there's lots of sex and motherfucker and shut up. And I don't know. It just sort of seems like it's is through a male perspective, you know, and um, yeah. But that's I mean, that's part of the fun, I guess, because it's a play on these 70s exploitation films, which were completely like that. Yeah. And don't forget, this is. Yeah, and also it's such an indulgence, and they were able to get it done because the Weinstein Company produced it. So, you know, I don't hear him ever, you know, he'll say things about Harvey Weinstein, but Harvey Weinstein allowed him to do this, you know. Well, you know, so, Harvey know. Weinstein was a part of Hollywood, and he, okay, the thing is, he was inappropriate, he was akin to a rapist, and he's getting what he deserves and everything. But the thing is, Regardless of, I mean, he was Hollywood. He was how you got it done. Nobody was thinking that, uh, I don't know what to, what I'm saying. I'm saying like, you see a Woody this? Allen film and you know what he did with Sun Lee and you're like, blech. But if you see a Harvey Weinstein film, you're really just seeing Hollywood. Like it isn't like reject it because it's him. 
Yeah, well, so part of it is that the lure, the, the big beacon for him is that he has these A-list movies, these classic films from people like Quentin Tarantino. So I feel like Tarantino has always been a bit like he's, you know, you say, well, hey, what do you say about him? But he makes these great movies like Tarantino. And so he needed Tarantino to kind of hide behind him, you know, and the same with the other uh, big stars he had, you know. This film, like, uh, I don't know. There's Rose McGowan in this movie, and she is a callback from the first film because she's yes. the star. Uh, and she's great in, in Planet Terror. Uh, and then she shows up here as the victim. So she, she goes from hero. Like, if you do watch the original. No, but she's, she's the first victim. Like, she kind of kicks it off. And then, but you had just watched a uh, 90-minute movie where she's shooting people with a machine gun attached to her, to her like, leg. You know, like. Of all weirdness. Yeah. Well, it's you know, that's another thing that I, I had a beef with this movie, and I liked what Tarn, uh, Rodriguez did, was that they're making fun of, they're, they're calling back to this early 70s and, and these gruesome movies they would show. And part of the reason why Times Square was showing these movies is kind of a reaction to the Vietnam War, right? I don't know if you ever feel that way, but, like, the grimy 70s movies is kind of a reaction to people fighting and all that shit. Well, it and was the when time. this came out... Well, this movie came out in 07, so there was war still going on. There was the Afghanistan War, the Iraq War. And I was when I see the trailer and I see someone with an amputee who immediately puts a machine gun on and is able to pirouette and shoot people, I go, don't you at least acknowledge what's happening right now? You know, of more yeah. leg shots. And Rodriguez in the beginning brings up the Iraq War. So it is part of, of the... Uh, the funk, you know, so he does acknowledge war in it. And I, right. I thought, like, that at least grounds what the horror is reflecting. That makes sense. Sorry, man, I have a lot to say about this film. Okay, see this jukebox behind her? That yeah. is Quentin Tarantino's uh -huh. personal jukebox. It's named Ugly. Amy, believe it or not. Oh, man, cool. Unplug it. So, Does it have a test brief? <laughs> no, it's an old-timey one, and all of the records in there are his, and all of the labels are his handwriting. It's really all... It's Quentin Tarrant... The, the, the credits say special thanks to the jukebox uh, Amy, and it's the same one was in the opening scene of Natural Born Killers in a diner. Oh, very cool. I, I remember that. She dances to uh, Elf How Simon, sexy am right? I now? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is his bar. He's even the bartender here. And he's got a couple of his buddies. Uh, let me see Eli Roth. Okay. So I love, this is one of my favorite things in uh, uh, Weinstein. She's texting a producer, right? Like her uh, boyfriend's going to come, but he never well, does. his name is Christopher, and she invites him out, and she's like, I miss you, and I love you, or whatever she's texting. And she is a hard person. She's a bitch, shut up, bitch. You know, she's a hard ass. And th her texts are very soft. And then when he doesn't come, she gets mad and texts that he's an asshole. Right. This is what I mean, like, by, like, a dream dream logic to this film. Like, doesn't that feel like a dream you would have where you just – you have this important call while you're out with your friends and it just goes from call to text to you getting mauled by a car? There's Eli Roth. <laughs> there is stuff in films in which it's like, oh, I've got to do that thing, and you're off to do it, and you never get there because you're yeah. distracted. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now that's so she uh, does type. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, so I'll, I'll say when she when she types it. She's going to text me too. Hurry. That's that old school texting. We have to press a number three times to get the letter R. Now, in 2007, smartphones were just coming. The iPhone 1 was coming. It wasn't even out. So this isn't really so retro. It's kind of Hollywood anyway, like potentially. You know, like you never have phones that would have this kind of screen. Sending. Sent. No, that's legit. I remember those, that interface and... That's like a movie with a typewriter where they type faster than the sounds faster than they're typing. I don't know. I don't buy it. So, well, also, do you remember it was like um, number one was ABC and number two was you can see when she texts that it it does scroll through the letters and she chooses her letters. I should mention that she t- uh, texted the word "me too" in a Harvey and uh, then Weinstein something. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was trying to. If I could say anything about this two-hour movie, these are real-life okay. uh, roller derby girls who are part of the Austin scene. Isn't everyone part of the Austin scene? A roller, roller derby girl. Uh, there it is, Weasley guy. Roller from Hollywood. Hey, I got my rules in my bar. Yeah, there we go. Should we, should we listen to him? Oh, go ahead. All we're hearing is drinking. Right. <laughs> he's quoting his own movie. Oh, he loves himself. He's his own world. It's it's like uh, yeah. So he has his crazy rule. <laughs> yeah, he loves himself. He this yes. is his own bar. It's his own, he's made his own universe. He has the power to do so and has done so. And he just eats himself. Even, you told me he was retired and we were seeing his last movie. And I was like, (laughs) no way. And then he was, uh, he's doing some TV thing. Yeah, well, like he he said, I'm going to make ten movies, and I think that's what a director should do. Speaking of a director, here's Eli Roth acting. He's a better actor than Tarantino. So he says, I'm going to make ten films and retire. I don't want to be like I don't know, fucking Billy Wilder, make keep making old movies. Uh, and Hateful Eight is officially the eighth movie, and uh, Once Upon a Time is the ninth movie. So technically, right. the next film will be his last. Oh, there movie. is one more. Yeah, one more is coming. Don't worry, he'll do something on that. I think he should make 10 films, and then he should completely do a departure. A total, like, reinvent himself with a different genre, a different entire, like, filmmaking style and methodology. Reinvent himself. Then he could still be creative. Yeah, like, make a romance. She's noticed the car matter. that she saw, fought, like watching them before. I oh, love yeah. her accent. Why don't you put it on for a second? Okay. 